Welcome to Zero to a Million, where we interview multimillionaires on how they scaled their business to $500 million. Uh, 10 years ago? Nah, there are plenty of those types of podcasts out there. We want to provide you with strategies real-time while we scale Unstack from zero to a million. Every week, you can learn from our successes and failures. Plus, get tips from our mentors and advisors. While we implement, you learn. While we learn, we scale. Welcome to the Zero to a Million podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million, brought to you by Unstack. I'm your host, Zach Rigo, and today I'm joined by Brian Hanley, former CEO of Exhibitor, which was acquired by Microsoft, former restaurant owner, former laundromat owner, current CEO of Reveal Mobile, and a mentor of mine. Brian, really excited about this. Thank you for joining me today. Zach, happy to happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. You've got a really interesting story. We, we had beers, geez, uh, probably a month or two ago, COVID-friendly beers. We were outdoors and, and, and far enough apart, but uh, you told a really awesome story, and it, it, I've told it to multiple people, including Grant, you know, the CEO and co-founder of Unstack, and everyone's kind of blown away by your story. So I wanted to get you on here today to discuss it, and I, I guess we'll start there. You know, I mentioned a little bit about your background, but give me a little bit of background on how you became the, the CEO of Reveal Mobile, and, and really start with, you know, your entrepreneurial spirit, and then, you know, starting in a, in a new industry and, and kind of working your way up. Yeah. So, you know, it started, you know, I grew up on a farm, right? So, you know, I can't think of a more hardworking entrepreneur than a farmer, right? So that was sort of my background. And, uh, you know, went to college, got out of school, went to the highest paid, you know, place that would employ me and, you know, was working for the man, right? And I quickly realized, A, I don't like to be told what to do. And B, I, I don't like working for the man. So, right, if you're gonna if you if you don't like those two things, then uh, you know you you have to you know be your own boss. And so, started off and as you mentioned in the restaurant business, and quickly learned you know like that is rarely a path to major success, uh, but uh, lots of hard work. Uh, you know, open laundromats, um, and those are great. You want little cash machines? Uh, <laughs> you get a laundromat in the right location, that's perfect. Uh, and then, you know, just, you know, sort of opened to help wanted ads one day and said, what am I going to be the rest of my life? You know, this after the sort of the restaurant business and technology, man, the technology jobs are everywhere. And so I'm like, I'm going to have to get a technology job. So went to, back to college to NC State. Uh, for computer science, a uh, master's of, of science management, and then met this guy, Chris Evans, and that was how Exhibitor got you know started. He had this great idea, hey, this internet's going to be a big thing someday. <laughs> I was like, ah, you know, maybe, let's, sure, let's try it. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it, that worked out well. And, you know, that, that was a company that, you know, this, I don't want to take the whole show with this, but the, you know, that was, that company was bought, sold and bought twice. Right. So, uh, and I bought it back in the early two thousands and then ultimately sold it to Microsoft. And that's an interesting story. I, that's, I want to spend a little bit of time on that because it's something I don't think a lot of people, you know, see as a path. To, to becoming a CEO. And it was something that you did that is like totally outside of the box and, and worked out obviously in your favor, which is amazing. So I'd love to dig in a little bit there. Yeah, sure. So, you know, as uh, Exhibitor, the original 
version with which was with Chris Evans um, sold to CMGI back in in like 1998 1999 something like that back in the you know high flying days it went public and stock went crazy and of course then 2000 came and everything imploded and um, so at the time I was VP of operations and and the most senior level person in in Raleigh North Carolina and uh, engage, which is what Exhibitor had become, was like, "Hey, we want to sell this division." And so I raised my hand and said, "Yeah, I'll I'll buy it." Right? And uh, they they ended up, you know, trying to sell it to a major competitor, and and that major competitor just wanted to kill the business. And so we they signed severance letters with all the employees that were just time based and. Uh, all you had to do as an employee was work, you know, to your time, October or you know January or whatever it was, and you would get a severance and no contingent on actually being bought by the company. Well, the competitor backs out, and so uh, at that point, I step back in and I'm like, "Listen, you've got a million dollars worth of severance liability on your hands. Why don't you pay me to take the business off your hands?" And uh, long story short, I ended up with like a half a million dollar gain on acquisition, which I, I don't many of you don't know how many people pull that off. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, we started with you know what was left of the company, which I think was like fifteen or sixteen people, and built it up over four years, um, and uh, and sold it ultimately to Microsoft. You know, part of part of what you had to do there was not only sell the board and the you know the, the CEO on paying you to take on the debt that they've really accrued, right? But then making sure those liabilities didn't come to fruition. So you had to get the team to rally around you and your vision of where you were going to take Exhibitor. How did you go about doing that? I mean, it, obviously these folks had money literally sitting on a, on a plate waiting for them in sixty, thirty, ninety days, whatever it may be. You know, what was your what was your tactics there to kind of keep everyone on board and focused? Well, uh, you know, part of it is you have to remember the time. This was, you know, would have been in the early 2000s when the economy was kind of in the tank and technology jobs were hard to come by. And so, you know, yes, you were sitting there with a piece of paper that gave you a certain amount of money, but no job. Then you're suddenly on the job market, right, with a you know a few bills in your pocket. But still, you know, th- there weren't jobs just lined up for you. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, I would love to say, man, everybody was just really loyal to me. But and, you know, I think there was some loyalty there, but it was as much a factor of, hey, I need a job. Right. And and so I went in and said, here's the vision. Here's what we want to try to do. And uh, you will have a job, but you're going to have to waive that severance. And I will tell you, we there was, I think, 18 people left at that point and 16 out of 18 waived their severance. Two people took their severance and, and did something else. Uh, and then we started with those 16. And, and I mean, it was, it was even crazier than that. We, we, we lost our first, our highest paying customer, which was like $60,000 a month like in the first month. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that was painful. And I mean, it was, it was, those were just crazy, crazy times. And I kind of like you had a five month old, you're, you've got a week old baby. I had a five month old at the time. It was, you know, my wife was, it's amazing. We're still married. So <laughs> it's been a stressful week. It's tough to, it's tough to step away from work, which is why we're hopping on doing this. And, and, you know, I, I love what I do and I love building Unstack and it's been really fun. So it's, 
you know, the baby's amazing and it's great to have, but it's, you know, it's fun to build something. I know you're super passionate about that. Let's talk about what you're building now with, with Reveal Mobile, which obviously I'm a, a huge fan of uh, and have been pretty close to the business for a, a couple of years now almost, which seems like that time's flown by. Uh, tell, tell everyone a little bit of background on Reveal Mobile. Obviously, we've got a lot of you know, agencies that are listening to this, a lot of startups and, and SaaS founders. So it'd be great for them to learn a little bit more about that business. Yeah. So, and that was really, you know, that's kind of another little crazy story where I had, you know, really thought I had retired after selling the company to Microsoft. And then, uh, you know, was working with a local venture group called Bull City Ventures. And uh, they had me go look at this company that, uh, that, you know, much bigger company wanted to spin out. So I spun that, you know, long, tried to tried to get them to hire a couple other CEOs. But anyway, long story short, I ended up spinning that company out. It was called Step Leader Digital. And it went great for the first like year and a half. And we were focused on local television broadcast apps, right? And so that was my first foray into that. Well, you know, Long story, but the whole broadcast industry fundamentally changed in like 2013, right? There were this huge consolidation. That business wasn't going to go anywhere, right? And so I went back to the board and said, hey, you, you, can, you got a couple of choices here. You can either ride this thing down to the bottom and, and then, you know, you don't need me for that, right? You can do that on your own or give me six months and I'll figure out something else to do, right? And Reveal Mobile was that something else, right? So we sort of milked the cow, you know, the step leader digital was still generating revenue, but was going down and we were used that revenue to prop up reveal mobile. And, you know, it started out as beacon technologies. Everybody remember Bluetooth beacons, right? Uh, you know, we're, we, we were going to be this beacon technology and, and that's how it started. And we were going to add value to app publishers, right? And so that's where it really started was, providing value to app publishers. And it was really based on data about their users, right? Where did they go? And so we leveraged beacons and then we saw all this location data that was available. Well, the challenge with app publishers is they struggle to make money, right? Um, many of them do. Some of them get wildly successful, but a lot of them, you know, really struggle to make money. So we, we were like, okay, where is the money? And the money's really with the advertiser. And so we said, well, we need to maybe provide resources that are you know, value to that side of the equation and, and generate money. And so uh, we, we started to design the product, uh, you know, much more focused on the advertiser. And it's like, all right, how do you uh, you know, wh wh how do you uh, engage with the most advertisers? Well, advertising agencies have, you know, multiple relationships with advertisers. So you could either start going directly after the advertisers, or you could start to work with the agencies who have those relationships. And really, that's how we got started was, you know, we started on one side of the equation and then followed the money to the other side of the equation. When you look at uh, agencies, they have such unique challenges. Right. To, That's right. One to sell them is is incredibly difficult. Uh, two, you know their their persona is one thing, but you also have to take on their clients' personas. That's so right. you're you're not just building a product for the agency, but you're solving problems for twenty clients, as you mentioned. Each of those problems might be unique in in their own right. Uh, you know, what have been some challenges as you've built this? You know, really a very solid product now for for agencies, but. You know, obviously that took some time and, and some iteration. What's been some challenges there in, in building that? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge is trying to figure out 
where the pain points are of the agencies with the the companies that they're trying to land, right? Like how do we help them generate more business, right? And and so we you know, we did sort of the voice of the customer where we went out and talked to 100 plus agencies and you know like and the key is for us we're mobile location data, right? So the 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 core agency clients for us are people who agencies who represent companies with physical location, restaurants, auto dealerships, retailers, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so it was like, okay, what is, what is one of the challenges of the agency? And that is providing value to their customers. And, you know, so it was like, okay, we need to be able to give agencies uh, the ability to look smart uh, for their prospects. Right. And so that was really, you know, the, the challenge was trying to find, uh, the you know the, that move from publisher facing technology to helping the agencies land new business and you know that was it was a lot of hard work right you a lot of phone calls a lot of conversations with agencies you know a lot of iterations on the product and you know we we sort of you know I think have it have it right at this point yeah I mean I I think you've got it in an amazing spot I, I love what you've built obviously agencies are are loving it and signing on regularly which is which is awesome to see and. You know, I think when you look at when you look at agencies, right, and and I've worked with them for a long period of time, you, you basically can impact two numbers for them, and you've 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 really attacked one. And I think you guys are starting to attack the other, which is, hey, how do I help them generate more revenue, and then how do I help them retain the revenue they've generated? Which is, you know, attribution is so difficult when you have a physical location, and, and you guys are obviously trying to help solve for some of that. You know, how how has the sales process changed for you now that you've built a product that's a little bit more? sales oriented, you know, when you go to market and talk to agencies, what questions are you, is your sales team asking to really uncover how you can impact them the most? Well, uh, you know, I w- I'll sort of change that question around uh, just a little bit. You know, you talk about attribution. One of the things that we've done that I think is very helpful, particularly for sort of the small to mid-tier agencies, is the pricing model that we went after uh, with attribution, right? Like most companies that have attribution or, you know, ROI based products that you have to pay on a campaign by campaign by campaign basis. Right. So, you know, if you have a company that wants to do, you know, 10 ROI studies, right. Like that's a, you know, a big check that you're going to have to write for that. And so we went in with a one price fits all model, right? Like you can, you pay a monthly fee and you can run as many campaign reports as you, you or uh, ROI reports as you want to, right? And so you can go back to your customer and that for the agency, then that's all gravy, you know, like whatever they charge the, the, you know, their, their uh, advertisers for an ROI campaign, uh, or an attribution study is is theirs, right? They're not having to share that back with us. So, so the you know the you know that's part of the you know the strategy for us is that pricing model and making it as agency friendly as possible, so that they can then make as much money on top of the product as as, as they want to. We've talked about it a lot at Unstack and at Wordstream. I, I thought a lot about this. Is like what are the what are the factors you're trying to to work with the agency on like you want them to grow but at the same time a lot of pricing models you know inhibit growth you charge more for more usage and when you do that you'll find that agencies will start to game the system they'll either stop using you for some clients and move you to others and and you know your best exposure as a business to agencies is to get them to use you for, for all of your clients if you're doing that 
you're an incredibly sticky product because you become an integral part of everything that they're doing. But if you're limiting them in some capacity, you find that, hey, they're thinking about how can I not use Unstack for this project or how can I not use WordStream for this project? And that's that's a scary place to be. So I love that you guys did that. It, it obviously is goes against a lot of pricing studies, but I think for agencies, it's a really unique strategy. And, and you know, you're going to follow up a, another agency-centric product that we just, which is an interesting uh, uh, kind of re- redundancy we're seeing is a lot of people are going after agencies with their products, but he did something very similar, right? His pricing model was upload as many clients as you want. We want you to plug everything in because the more you plug in, the more value we provide. So I think that's that's a really interesting uh, strategy that you guys yeah. have taken and certainly a huge value. Our, our goal was we want the agency to not be restricted on usage, right? Like you, we want them in the product every day with every one of their clients and, and, and not just their clients, their prospects, right? If they're going in to talk to a business uh, to try to you know, convince them that they're the right agency, we want to give them enough data about that uh, company so that they look good when they walk in the door and, and, and give them a reason to win the business over, over their, their competitor. So important. Uh, and and it's, it's a differentiator, right? So many, of the, so many agency proposals are incredibly similar. And having something that sets you apart, that, that provides unique insight uh, to an advertiser is, is huge. Uh, one thing that you did when when you were you were making this transition and really starting to go after agencies was build an, an advisory board of of experts across, geez, I mean, all over the place. I mean, we got folks from LinkedIn, we got folks that run you know broadcasting boards, we've got all over the board. What what was your thought process in putting that team together? I think it's something that every startup should be doing, and I think you guys did an amazing job with it. Yeah. So. We're, you know, I'm fortunate to have a pretty good executive team, you know, we with our VP of marketing, our chief revenue officer, our chief product officer, we've got, you know, a great team, um, you know, but we still have gaps, right? Like everybody has knowledge gaps. You don't, you know, is, is even with as much experience as I've had in the industry, I, I still have things that I don't do well, I don't like to do, or I just, you know, am not confident at. Uh, and so our goal was we kind of sat down as a, an executive team and looked at, you know, where where do we have gaps in our either our experience, our knowledge, our skills, you know, and we and we sort of ranked that, and then we looked at okay, you know, where can we go to you know help fill those gaps, and and so obviously we reached out to you, and you know you've been extremely helpful for us, uh, you know, on the on the you know the sort of the inbound marketing side of, of what we're trying to do. That was we we went from an enterprise marketing company to a you know inbound lead generation machine, and you know that you've been a huge help with that, and and so we you know we filled it with people who who help and not just our, our friends, right? Like, you know, I got plenty of friends in the industry that could have helped us out, but, uh, with, with people who could really help impact the business in a positive way. And part of that is you, you have to use your advisors, right? Um, and I've been an advisor on a number of companies and it's about how I've, you know, people are utilizing my skills. If you never, I I'm, I'm, not always, you know, uh, top of mind for our advisors. So it's up to me to reach out to the advisor and say, Hey, here's where I need help. Right They're They have their own jobs. They have their own 
issues going on. So, you know, if you've got a great advisor, you're they're only going to be as good as the 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 the, the value that you extract from them, right? So, uh, so you have to have some level of cadence that you're constantly connecting with your advisors. Yeah, I think it's been it's been great for me. I've loved working with the reveal team. Uh, your your the cadence has been perfect, right? Like it, it feels. It feels like we're 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 working together a lot, but it's not certainly not overwhelming for me. I love it. I, I've learned a ton from from Dan and you know previously Matt and, and you obviously and uh, hopefully have have provided some value on on your on my side with with introductions for Dan and different strategies that I've implemented or tested or or failed with and make sure that he doesn't <laughs> we don't make the same mistakes, which is which is always uh, super impactful. So I've loved that, and you know it's something that Grant and I have talked a lot about at Unstack is hey like we've got gaps. We we need places where we're a super small team. Uh, you know how how can we get more firepower without having to hire where we don't necessarily have the the funding to do so right now? And I think it's really powerful to to have those experts around to bounce ideas off of. And more importantly, just get get someone to tell you what not to do. Just as much as what to go try out, it is so important because you you can learn really quickly without spending any money. And right now, you know, when you're early, money's tight, so it's important to to be uh, conservative with it. Yeah, and. Uh, and- if you have advisors that are not providing value, you need to make the change, right? Like we've had a couple of advisors that great people just, you know, could never get engaged. And so, you know, you have to you know, nicely say, hey, we don't need your services anymore and bring somebody else in. That's a great point. And I think it's always, uh, it's a two-way street. Like I, I've learned a ton from your team and I think it's been, it's been so fun to bounce ideas off of them. Um, and, and they've been, they've taken it and run with some of them to, you know, the nth degree and done 10 times as much as I did with it, which I love. And now you guys are generating hundreds of leads from strategies that I just tested and found some success with. So it's a, it's amazing. We validated each other ideas on a bunch of fronts and it's been really powerful. And I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it more than anything else. I think, you know, something that I, that came up on my, my last call, which I think would be uh, a great insight for you is, Hey, you guys, you know, are, are looking to take reveal mobile into other verticals. And, and as you think about that, we've talked a lot about how you chose agencies um, you know, as you think about the future of Reveal Mobile, where's the expansion opportunities? Where are you guys thinking and, and how are you analyzing, you know, new market opportunities for your product? Yeah, so that, that's a great, great question. And it, it's, you know, it's never easy, you know, like that you can, you know, you kind of go with your gut instinct, you know, like here's, here's where I think we should go. And, you know, your gut's not always right. And so, you know, we believe in, in doing the, the homework in advance to ensure that you're not swinging and missing, right? Like you, as a startup, you just can't afford a bunch of, 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 of strikes, right? Like you have to at least get a base hit on something and hopefully, hopefully better. And uh, so we, we really do a lot of, of, again, voice of customer, right? Like we bring together a list of, of uh, prospects. Like we're, we're doing it right now. We're looking at, you know, is there an opportunity for us in brands, right? Or is there an opportunity for us in consumer packaged goods? Or is there, you know, an opportunity for us in mm-hmm. travel and tourism? And, you know, so you, you have to start with what is the size of the market? How many brands are there out there? How many CPG companies, how many <clears throat> retailers? And, uh, you know, so we sort of size the market opportunities and then you you look at the competition. How many competitors are there out there that are doing something similar to what you're doing? And um, and then, you know, you sort of you know, narrow down. You can't 
go after everybody. You have to narrow it down to a couple of, of verticals to go after. And then we just reach out to, you know, we, we, we don't make a decision until we've talked to a hundred plus prospects. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, with a set list of customers and, and then, you know, you, you use that to, you know, a try to decide, is there a market there? And then B does my current product fit that market or do I need to make changes to the product uh, to, in order to fit that market and how drastic are those changes, right? And, and you know, we're going through that process, process right now. And how do you evaluate, and I think, you know, it, it's somewhat a hypothesis, the ROI there, right? You're going to invest engineering, product, geez, marketing dollars, you know, and you, you kind of know the total addressable market. I think you probably are starting to uh, come up with an average selling price or contract value, yeah, how are you forecasting that to make sure, hey, I'm not going to invest thousands of hours, you know, obviously marketing dollars and, and come out the other side with fewer sales than I expected? You know, you have to start with some assumptions, right? Like you you have to assume that, you know, like we know how many leads turn into opportunities, right? We know how many opportunities turn into closed deals. We know what the average selling price is for our current product, right? So you, you know, you have to kind of come up with those similar assumptions for the new, uh, the new vertical that you're going after. And, you know, like you can educate yourself on that in terms, particularly in terms of product, um, uh, average selling price, uh, and then, you know, you look at, do I have excess sales capacity, right? Or do I have to hire somebody to go after this? Do, and even if I have excess sales capacity, do I have the right expertise uh, on the sales force in order to go after that vertical? Um, so a lot, of, a lot of sort of moving pieces that you have to make some assumptions for. And then, you know, at some point, you know, you have to step off into the pool, right? Um but, uh, and, you know, sometimes that's more, and, and believe me, we, we've made mistakes. Like we thought, hey, this vertical is going to be big for us. And it, you know, it, it even despite all of the, the effort, you know, you, you end up saying, yeah, th- this is, this is not going to be a vertical for us. <clears throat> so I just hope I don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, that's, that's super insightful. You know, I love, I love what you guys are doing. You know, one vertical, I actually use your, your free tool. Uh, during COVID to track hotels and their foot traffic. And I bought a bunch of Marriott stock because their foot traffic was up month over month faster than anyone else panned out. So That's awesome. maybe you go after, maybe you go after day traders, maybe you go after hedge funds. I don't know, but it's an idea. Uh, well, last question we ask every guest this uh, two books you recommend every startup founder or CEO reads doesn't have to be a business book. Could just be, you know, anything that that's, you know, provided you some guidance throughout, throughout your tenure. Yeah. I, I read a lot. Right. And, and I, so I'll, you know, I will, I'll give you one more than two, right. I'll give okay. you three books I like that it. I, from the business perspective that I, I kind of go back to either pretty frequently or, you know, I've just recently read And one of them uh, that's been extremely helpful recently is called traction. And, um, uh, it's, uh, by Gino Wickman and, um, it is about the entrepreneurial operating system. It's a really process driven system, uh, to ensure that you understand your key metrics as a business 
you know, what are your goals? What are the big rocks that you have to chip away at every week to try to hit your quarterly goals? And um, gives you a lot of tools uh, to, 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 to leverage in order to, you know, make that process easier, right? And that, that's one of the things as a startup, it's really easy to miss is, you know, what is the, the process that you need to put in place to make sure that you every day are marching towards the right goal? Because it's easy to, you know, sort of put your head down and, you know, be into the tactics and forget, you know, like, hey, this tactic isn't really getting us towards our goals, right? Totally. Uh, so that's a great book. Uh, the Lean Startup, you know, that, that's a fantastic book. Uh, I think that's Eric Reese. Um, you know, if you, you know, particularly in the early days, that's a great book on, you know, the, the, you know, the process uh, for, for, you know, creating as, as lean a company as you can. Um, and then, uh, zero to one, uh, is another one that, you know, I read fairly recently though. It's a great, great book for entrepreneurs. I love that book. That's yeah. one of my favorites. And Traction was was another recommendation we got. I got to get that one. That's a, yeah. that's one that I haven't read that's been recommended two times now. Brian, I appreciate it. Love chatting with you. We need to catch up for beers again soon. Absolutely. And, uh, and get the team together. I appreciate you hopping on and uh, and tons of great insights here. So thank you so much, Brian. Where can everyone find you, uh, be it LinkedIn or, or social that you like to to network on? Uh, mostly LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on Twitter uh, at B Handley, but you know, like the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, love cool. that tool. Awesome. Everyone connect with Brian Hanley from reveal mobile at uh, on LinkedIn or at B Hanley. Also check them out. If you're an agency, it's an amazing sales tool, an amazing retention tool. Uh, it really a, a very, very cool free trial. You can even go in and run some reports you know, today. So, so check it out. It's a, it's a really powerful tool. Brian, thank you so much for hopping on. Thanks, Zach. And uh, congratulations on the new edition. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for listening to the Zero to a Million podcast brought to you by Unstack, the no-code marketing platform. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week for more startup insights and strategies.